It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Made it through a long, long weekend. Wish it was still going on, I'm not going to lie to you. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Tuesday, July 5th. Now, I'm hard of hearing, all right? I'm 58 years old. I'll be 59 right around the corner. And my wife tells me all the time, and it's usually the third time, that I can't hear what she's saying. You didn't hear me. I told you that. I can't hear. Man, the fireworks were loud this weekend. Now, that's grumpy old man. Get off my get off my lawn. But at 11 o'clock, let's turn them off, folks. Sunday night and last night, and it sounded like sonic booms to me. Uh, have the fireworks gotten better or worse? All right. I'm, all, I'm, I'm off that now. I'm done. I'm, I'm on to gun violence. Gary, Dave, you guys want, want to talk about gun violence today? Should I just go for an hour? No. They're shaking their heads. <sighs> Sad what happened in Chicago yesterday. Uh, I don't know what the answer is, but there is an answer, and we need to find it. That's it. I'm off my high horse. M&M Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like joining on the sports conversation today, 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line is open as well at 414-1450. Don't forget, it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000. That happens all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. That's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, many, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, why not? Text REWARDS to 80313 today. And get you some of those LeBron James... Cheddar and sour cream, flaming hot ruffles. Unbelievable. Hard to find. I found two bags yesterday at Kroger. My wife was at a different Kroger. She came home with two bags because they've been missing for a while. And you should go to Thornton's, use your refreshing rewards card, get you some of those LeBron flaming hot cheddar and sour cream ruffles. They're unbelievable. A little ranch dip. That yeah, was a great 4th of July weekend. I hope yours was great as well. Talk some baseball today, as we do on Monday. We didn't have a show yesterday, but today we'll do the Major League Baseball standings, see where everybody is. I don't know who's better, the Yankees or the Astros in the American League. Because the Astros are really good. We know the Yankees are fantastic, best record in baseball. But Houston looks really good. That's going to be a fun AL Championship Series. And if those two teams don't both make it there, I'll be shocked. National League. You can believe in the Dodgers if you want to. I'm finding it more and more difficult to believe in the Dodgers. They lose games they're not supposed to lose. The Pirates swept them a few weeks ago in L.A. The Pirates. (sighs) But we'll look at the standings, try to figure out which six teams will get to the playoffs in each league. Kevin Durant, where does he land? Well, he's given a list of teams to the owners of the Brooklyn Nets. And he's also said he wants to keep playing with Kyrie 
just not in Brooklyn. How would you like to be the owner of the team and you get Kyrie to opt into his $36.5 million contract for next year? You got KD under contract for four more years. And Durant comes to you right after the Kyrie re-up and says, I'm glad I want, I do want to play with Kyrie again, but not here. Well, that sounds like a bad marriage all of a sudden. Remember, it was going to be a super team. KD, Kyrie, James Harden, Joe Harris. It's going to be a super team. Well, it didn't work out, so we trade James Harden. We get Seth Curry. We get Ben Simmons, for better or for worse. He'll be playing this year coming up. We're all excited. And then KD says, how about Miami? How about you send me to Miami? How about you send me to Phoenix? I don't know where he's going to end up, but he's going to end up somewhere. And I don't think it's going to be in Brooklyn. Now, he doesn't have much leverage here. He's still got four years left on his contract. If I'm Miami or if I'm Phoenix, I'm going to try to get this done. Remember, Phoenix and DeAndre Ayton are worlds apart here. He doesn't like the coach. The coach doesn't like him. He's not happy with the organization. He wants out of Phoenix. And if you're the Brooklyn Nets, here's the starting point, Phoenix. Phoenix signed the uh, exerciser $16.7 million option on Ayton in order to trade him. That's what they had to do, sign and trade. You trade him to Brooklyn, but Brooklyn has the upper hand here because they don't have to trade Kevin Durant, but they can ask for a big haul in return. So we'll take DeAndre Ayton and maybe another serviceable middle-of-the-road bench player and five number one draft picks. Uh, excuse me? Yeah, five number one picks. That's what the asking price is going to be, DeAndre Ayton and five number one picks. The Minnesota Timberwolves basically gave Utah five number one picks for Rudy Gobert. So Kevin Durant's not worth five number one picks? And an all-star in DeAndre Ayton? Of course he is. And we'll see when this happens. We'll talk more about that uh, shortly. Also, James Harden, he re-upped. We don't know where he's going to end up, although he wants to renegotiate. Uh, he actually declined his, his $47 million option with Philadelphia, but he wants to renegotiate. He and the GM, Daryl Morey, are very tight. And he's trying to make it a team-friendly deal where they can get a couple of other guys to help compete. They've got Joel Embiid. They've got Tyrese Maxey. they got Tobias Harris. Thibel is on, still on the team. They've got a lot of parts here. But they might need one more. And James Harden apparently is going to do what he can do to stay with Philly and get another terrific player to help them try to win an Eastern Conference title. A lot happened over the weekend. Free agency started on Thursday, and a lot happened. Phoenix and Devin Booker, former Kentucky Wildcat, agreed on a four-year, $224 million Supermax extension. Four years, 224. Let's see, four into 22 is five, two left. That's $56 million a year. Uh, Grizzlies star Ja Morant, former Murray State racer, agreed to terms on a four-year you got to keep the terminology. you got to understand the terminology here. A four-year 
designated rookie extension worth $226 million. Denver signed Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP, to the richest contract in NBA history, five years, $264 million. A Supermax extension. So you got rookie extensions, designated rookie extensions, Supermax extensions. Got all kinds of terminology. And by the way, speaking of UK, Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns agreed on a four-year $224 million Supermax extension. So he and Devin Booker both got the same deal, $56 million a year. <sighs> but the big storyline for the summer, still in flux, is what's going to happen waiting on the news for Kevin Durant. How bad he ends up back in Golden State? It has been prophesied that that may happen. That'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. But the NBA is crazy, and uh, and that's why we love it. NFL Deshaun Watson had his three-day hearing before a judge who will decide the punishment. Now, the Browns show up in three weeks. Three weeks from today, the Browns are due in camp. So you have to believe that within the next two weeks, this judge, who's been pretty quick but has also said she is going to take her time on this decision, will come back with a verdict on the suspension of Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. He has settled 20 of the 24 sexual assault or sexual misconduct civil lawsuits against him. There are four still out there. The, the NFL would love those to be over with, whether – they settle, whether there's a, a trial, so they could uh, have a better footing on what sort of suspension to give Deshaun Watson. But right now they're asking for at least a one-year suspension. They told Deshaun Watson, how about you take one year? We won't have to have an uh, arbit arbiter here. We won't have to go before a judge. And he said no. Now that might work against him. But he said no. He didn't want a one-year suspension. He wanted seven or eight games, or eight or nine games, half a season. NFL said no, and now since you don't want to settle, we're going for at least a year. Now, when that verdict comes back, when the judge decides what the suspension will be, then Deshaun Watson can appeal. And here's the interesting part of the, uh, the uh, collective bargaining agreement. If he decides to appeal, let's say the judge comes back and says, all right, one year, or one year and plus four games, and Deshaun Watson appeals. Guess who hears that appeal? Roger Goodell. In previous collective bargaining agreements, the commissioner heard all the – was in charge of all the hearings. He was the one who doled out the punishment, and then when the – player appealed it, he heard the the appeal. So I punish you. You don't like it. You come back to me, and guess who gets to decide? I still get to decide what you get. It seemed unfair. So this year, this latest collective bargaining agreement, they've gone to a different path. Hey, we're going to get you before a judge for your first hearing, your initial hearing, and that judge will decide what your suspension will be, not the NFL.
not the commissioner of the NFL. However, if you don't like the decision and you appeal, then it's back to the commissioner and Roger Goodell. So you might as well not appeal. If she gives you two years and you appeal, Roger Goodell's going to say, no, she's right. Two years is good. So they tried to fix the problem, but they may have exacerbated it instead. The big story over the weekend while I was gone, by the way, I had a great four days off. And just full disclosure, I'm only here today and tomorrow this week. Got a yearly golf weekend with the fellas down at Rosewood Golf Club in Lebanon, Kentucky, the home of the cornbread mafia and marijuana. Can't wait to get down there. Uh, Just for the golf, of course. It's going to be hot. By the way, if you are uh, out and about today, hydrate, get back into some air conditioning. The heat indices today, tomorrow, supposed to be 105 or higher. So don't get caught out in this heat. But what am I going to do this weekend? I'm going to Lebanon, Kentucky, and play golf for for, uh, four days. Not smart. And I hate golf. Me and 19 of my best friends going down there to do that. But the big story over the weekend while I was off uh, was all of a sudden I come back and Southern Cal and UCLA are in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. How'd that happen? There was no pre-warning here coming. There were no stories that, oh, the Big Ten is thinking about adding a couple teams. We didn't hear any of that. We didn't hear any... You know, UCLA UCLA and USC, there's a couple Pac-12 teams looking to get out. We didn't hear any of that. None of it. And then all of a sudden, boom, on Thursday, after the show on Thursday, I get to the golf course at at, uh, Neville Mead, and my buddy Slugger from Ottoman Park says, hey, did you hear about USC and UCLA? Going to the Big Ten. What? This was two hours after the show ended on Thursday. I was stunned. Because we hadn't heard any, any rumors that this might be happening. I believe there are going to be two super conferences. That's what we're going to get to. It's going to be two super conferences. It's probably going to be the Super Big Ten and the Super Southeastern Conference. There won't be a Pac-12. There won't be a Big 12. And probably not going to be an ACC. Now, the ACC is, is very interesting. Because to leave the ACC, if you're Louisville, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, Duke, any of those teams, there is an exit fee in excess of $100 million. There is also a grant of media rights that runs through the year 2036, 15 years away, 14 years away. So... ACC teams could have a difficult time just picking up their tents and leaving for another conference. Now, Louisville, jo- Louisville AD Josh Hurd, the new a- a- uh, athletic director, full-time athletic director, not interim, said, interestingly, yeah, that's a lot, but it's not impossible. So keep an eye on that. That's an interesting statement from the Louisville athletic director. It's not impossible. USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. All right, I'm going to get into that after the break. St. Paul beat the Bats last night 4-1. to 
back at home tomorrow night. They played on 4th of July because it was a holiday. No game tonight, but Bats and St. Paul will get back at it uh, tomorrow. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll talk about the new Big Ten and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. 502 384 1450. To join in on the conversation, the uh, Thornton's text line open as well. 502 414 1450. It is a Shady Rays kind of day out there. Tired of buying expensive sunglasses only to break them, or worse, you just lose them. You misplace them like I do my keys and my wallet and everything else I own. Let me tell you about Shady Rays. It's an independent American-owned company started in Kentucky, changing the way you wear sunglasses. Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag, and things do not stop at the quality. Shady Rays offers the most insane warranty in all of eyewear, the lost and broken replacements warranty. You lose them, you break them, you're out today and it's 105 degrees, you put them on top of your head and they melt which is always possible. Anything can melt when it's 110 degrees out. They will send you a brand new pair. Wear with confidence wherever you wear your shades. Uh, Also, Shady Rays will provide 10 meals to fight hunger with every order. Hunger in America and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good about making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off. So you can try them out, see what they're all about. Use the code BIGX at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. ShadyRays.com. I'll have mine on all weekend. I got three pair. And I'll leave two of them at home because I don't want to use the lost and broken replacement warranty. But I'm only going to take one pair with me. I'll have them all weekend playing golf. It's supposed to rain down in Lebanon on Friday and Saturday. I'm okay with that. Sitting in the room, uh, playing cards, rolling dice, drinking adult beverages, I'm fine with that. I hate golf. But supposed to play 90 holes this weekend. Not looking forward to it. But if I am playing, I will be wearing my Shady Rays. Um, Texter says, are the Astros still beating on garbage cans? I can't get the bad taste out of my mouth. Well, I don't know what they're doing, but whatever it is, they're doing it right. They won their seventh straight yesterday, around 5 nothing to Kansas City. Came back, got a Jordan Alvarez walk-off solo homer in the bottom of the ninth and won 7-6. He might be the National League MVP. If you can make a wager on that, I think he's a way to go. He might be the favorite at this point. Aaron Judge, favorite in the American League for the Yankees. Um, he's going to win it because he's Aaron Judge. I would argue that Byron Buxton of the Twins should get a lot of consideration in the American League. But Alvarez, to me, is going to be the American League MVP. Judge will probably win it, but I think Alvarez is a good bet. National League, I have no idea who the MVP is going to be. The Dodgers have a bunch of dudes. Um, The Brewers, not really anybody stands out. Pete Alonso with the Mets stands out playing great baseball. 
but he's probably the favorite in the National League. But I don't think the Astros are still banging on garbage cans. Somebody would notice that. They're che- if they're cheating, they're uh, doing it some other way. I don't think they're cheating. I just think they're really talented. And Astros-Yankees, as I mentioned, could be a great championship series. All right. So talked about USC and UCLA. The Trojans and the Bruins are now in the Big Ten. That's going to make for an interesting football schedule. And basketball. In fact, Matt Dennison needs to. We need to find out how we're going to travel to some of these road basketball games. Pauley Pavilion, or uh, go out to uh, Southern Cal, maybe the Coliseum for a football game. Can't wait for that. Dugan will take care of that, I'm sure. Now the big question is, where does Notre Dame land? Because that's the next move in this chess game. That's the next big move. Where are the Irish going to land? And they're not going to wait around here. You know, they're, they're not going to just sit around and say, oh, let's see where all these, all these uh, chips fall and uh, see where we end up. Chip Kelly fell into the Big Ten, by the way, speaking of chips falling. Where's the, drum, where's the uh, rim shot there? I needed a rim shot. All right. That's all right, Dave. That's all right. Don't worry about it. But Notre Dame is the, the big fish here because the Southeastern Conference would love to have Notre Dame. Common wisdom says Notre Dame to the Big Ten. They're in South Bend, Indiana. I use in the Big Ten. They're just outside of Chicago. I mean, the Big Ten is where Notre Dame belongs if they decide to align with the conference. And I think they're going to have to. You can't be an independent when there are two super conferences and expect to get into the football playoff. And I don't care if there's 16 teams. It's going to be very difficult to A, schedule games, and B, win quality enough quality games outside of a super conference to get invited to the uh, four-team or eight-team or 16-team playoffs. It's going to be very difficult. And I think Notre Dame's going to make a decision within the next month or so. And they're going to pick and pick a side, probably the one that makes the most sense, probably the one that makes them the most money. Now, if you want the most money, maybe you go to the SEC. If you want to make the most sense and you take a little less money, maybe you go to the Big Ten. But Notre Dame is the big fish right now. My plan is two super conferences, Super Big Ten, the Super Southeastern Conference. And you're going to have to get rid of some teams here. You're going to have to. SEC's got to get rid of Vanderbilt. It's Vanderbilt, right? When's the last time Vanderbilt won anything in a major sport? Men's sport. I'm talking basketball, football. Baseball, they're great. I get it. Baseball is not a revenue sport. It is a non-revenue sport. This is all about men's basketball and especially football. You got to get rid of Andy. You already got Tennessee. Why do you need two two teams from two schools from the same state? Vandy can go play with Stanford and Cal Berkeley. They can call it the Division I Academic Conference. You'll have Cal, you'll have Stanford, you'll have Vanderbilt, and why not? You'll have Northwestern. Because the Big Ten doesn't need Northwestern, especially if they get Notre Dame. They'll get Notre Dame, they've got Chicago. They've already got Illinois. So you got Chicago with Illinois and Notre Dame. You don't need Northwestern. And Northwestern doesn't need the Big Ten. Northwestern's not going to win anything in the Big Ten. 
I would say Rutgers as well, but Rutgers basically is the entire New York market here for college football. Sad but true. The city of New York does not care about college football. They don't. They care about the Yankees. They care about the Knicks, which is unbelievable. They care about the Giants and the Jets. That's it. They care about the Rangers and the Islanders and the Mets. They don't care. They don't have enough room to care about college basketball or college football. Now, the Big East will still be the basketball conference you can go to, right? If you don't want to be in a super conference, you go play in the Big East. They've got nine teams, I believe, and none of them have football programs that are Division I football programs. Villanova has a Division II football team. St. John's doesn't have football. Georgetown. Um, Creighton, any of these schools. So if you're Rutgers or you're, um, I guess Vandy, go play basketball in the Big East. You can play football independently or in a smaller conference if you'd like to. SEC should add Louisville, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Duke. Now I mentioned earlier the ACC, it's tough for teams to leave. Very difficult for teams to leave the ACC because of their media rights contract and because of an exit fee in excess of 110, uh, how much did I say it was? In excess of $100 million. Yikes. That's a big number. I don't care who you are. But if the conference folds, then there's nothing else you can do. If all of these schools are wanting to go to the SEC and the Big Ten, then the conference may fold. The Pac-12 put out a statement this morning. The board, and here it is. The Pac-12 board of directors met this morning and authorized the conference to immediately begin negotiations for its next media rights agreement. Good luck. You're going to be on YouTube with the Live Tour. SC's gone, UCLA's gone. There's your Los Angeles market. Oregon and Washington are not going to be far behind. Oregon and Washington, along with Notre Dame, will be the next teams to jump into the Big Ten. Because USC and UCLA can't be the only two. They can't be coming east every game, every Saturday, every other Saturday, for a football game. They can't be sending their teams to Big Ten country during basketball season, men's or women's, to spend Thursday and Saturday at Illinois and then at Wisconsin. Can't do it. And the Big Ten doesn't want to be sending their teams out to USC and UCLA every week, which is what would have to happen. So you got to get a couple of more schools. Oregon makes total sense. If any of this makes sense, Oregon then makes sense as well. Because you got the Nike um, headquarters right around the corner. You got a whole bunch of money coming from Nike. And Oregon playing in Ohio State in the Big Ten seems like a lot of fun. Washington is going to be the next one to move as well. State schools. Keep in mind, state schools have an advantage here. That's why Tennessee has an advantage over Vanderbilt. That's why Kansas will have an advantage over Kansas State. Iowa, already in the Big Ten, they don't need Iowa State. 
They can still play them as a rivalry game like they do now, just like Kentucky plays Louisville in a rivalry game. But the state schools have a bigger advantage. That's why Missouri has to stay in the SEC. Arkansas has to stay in the SEC. Texas, Oklahoma coming to the SEC. There aren't enough spots for all of these teams if there are two super conferences. Are you going to have 25 teams in each conference? That's difficult. The SEC could add Louisville, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Duke. Those are southeastern geographical schools, and I know geography doesn't matter anymore, but those make the most sense to join the SEC. You get Duke and Carolina for basketball, along with Louisville, and then you get Florida State and Clemson for football. You have to take the football programs of the other three, and you have to take the basketball programs of the other three, but that that fits. Kentucky-Duke every year. Kentucky-North Carolina every year. Kentucky-Louisville home-and-home every year. Fantastic. Big Ten, well, they've got UCLA and USC. Add Oregon and Washington. Throw Notre Dame into that mix because I think that's where they logically should end up. And logic apparently has nothing to do with any of this. But if I'm Notre Dame, if I'm Jack Swarbick, the Big Ten seems to be the move here. And you take Pittsburgh and you take Syracuse if you're the Big Ten. Geographical, Penn State, Pitt every year. Conference game. Syracuse, part of that New York market that doesn't care about college sports. But if you got Rutgers, add Syracuse. There you got a little natural rivalry there. Kind of silly, I understand it, but there it is. Where does Boston College land? Where does Wake Forest land? NC State, Virginia. Virginia Tech. I think Virginia lands in the Big Ten. Virginia Tech, who knows? Again, the state university is going to have a decided advantage. Maybe Kansas ends up in the Big Ten. Terrible football, championship basketball. And Kansas State, well, we'll still play you in football every year, and we'll still have a rivalry basketball game in December, but it's been nice knowing you. It's been nice knowing you. Texas Tech, Baylor, where do they end up? Well, they're Texas schools. A&M and Texas will be in the SEC. Where do Texas Tech and Baylor end up? I would think SEC, right? The more the merrier as far as the biggest state in college football. The more the merrier. It's going to be really interesting. When the plane lands in uh, SEC country or in Big Ten country, I don't know who's getting off here. I don't know who's getting off the plane. But as I said earlier, Notre Dame is the big fish right now. With the USC-UCLA move now, we are waiting to see what Notre Dame does. The Pac-12 took a tremendous hit. Can the ACC survive? Can the Atlantic Coast Conference survive? What if they say, okay, we're just going to stay stand pat here. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be one of the three big conferences. While the Southeastern Conference brings in Texas and Oklahoma, then they go ahead and bring in Texas Tech and Baylor. Kansas goes to the Big Ten. Maybe Iowa State goes to the Big Ten. Maybe Kansas State goes to the Big Ten. 
and all of a sudden there's no Big 12. The ACC going to stand pat? Are they going to stand pat here? I understand it's difficult to get out of these conferences, especially the ACC. The leaders of that conference did a great job putting some of these rules in place for leaving, make it very difficult to leave. But if the conference goes under, nothing, nothing we can do about that. And where do they rank on the ladder? Because you're going to have a Southeastern Conference that's loaded, especially in football. You're going to have a Big Ten Conference that's loaded in football as well. And if there's an eight-team playoff, are four of the teams coming from the SEC and the other four coming from Big Ten? And ACC, thanks for playing. Pac-12, thanks for playing. We're not interested. Have your own little playoff. These two super conferences, when it all pans out, are going to say to the NCAA, thank you for your time, but we don't need you anymore. We don't need you. I will take a break. MLB has gotten very excited. We're halfway through the season now. We haven't reached the All-Star break, which is two weeks away, but we're halfway through the season. And the standings, some of them are where we thought they would be. Some of them were nowhere close to where we thought we, they would be. We'll look at all that on the other side. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Back Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. 502 384 1450. 384 1450. To join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well. 502 414 1450. Don't forget, summer cash bash going on at Thornton's all summer long. Each week, one lucky refreshing rewards member will win $10,000 with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. You can also earn additional entries by selecting top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, Bud Light 12-packs, hot dogs, large Doritos, many, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. That's 80313. Some breaking news here within the last hour since I came on the air. A couple things. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky running back, has pleaded guilty to DUI. He gets a fine and a suspended license. He was originally charged with careless driving and operating a motor vehicle under the influence. Still has some off-the-field issues to deal with, so it remains to be seen when or if he next plays for the Cats, one of the best returning running backs, if not the best returning running back in the country. Uh, Kentucky uh, reporter Kyle Tucker from The Athletic uh, was the uh, first one out with that news. Also, in our theme of the day, where will these teams end up? Dennis Dodd, CBS, is reporting the Big 12 is now in deep discussions. I don't know if they were shallow before the weekend, but they're now in deep discussions to add up to six Pac-12 teams. Well, I'm trying to do the math here. USC, UCLA, they're gone to uh, the Big Ten. That leaves Stanford, 
Cal, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State. I have to believe Oregon and Washington are heading to the Big Ten. So take them off the uh, off the uh, the list here. Stanford, Cal, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. Those six make the most sense to try to align with another conference here. Oregon State, Washington State, I don't know what to do with you guys. I don't know what we're going to do with you. Uh, you're in trouble. Good luck finding a conference. Geographically, Utah and Colorado make sense. Even Arizona, Arizona State makes sense. Stanford and Cal don't make a lot of sense uh, as far as geography goes, but USC and UCLA to the Big Ten don't make sense that way either. So if I'm guessing the six Pac-12 teams that the Big 12 is talking to, I'm going Stanford, Cal, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. You get decent football. You get really good basketball with Arizona. Utah can play some basketball sometimes. Stanford, Cal, every now and again they'll be good. Uh, But I would think Arizona basketball would kind of uh, be attractive if you're the Pac-12. All right, Major League Baseball. Um, had a triple play yesterday. You don't see it very often, and you've never seen this kind of triple play. It was 8-5 to five if you're scoring at home. White Sox with two guys on, and I'm watching the game when it happened, by the way, last night. They hit a drive into right center field. Byron Buxton, the Minnesota center fielder, catches it at the wall. Adam Engel former UofL Cardinal, is uh, off the base at second. The throw comes in and is caught by Gio Urshela, the third baseman. He tags uh, Yohan Moncada, who had been on first. He was already halfway to third. And then he steps on second to triple off Adam Engel. Eight to five if you're scoring at home. The first ever eight to five triple play in Major League Baseball history. Minnesota beat the White Sox 6-3 in 10 innings last night. I had a couple of walk-offs yesterday. Milwaukee beat the Cubs 5-2 in 10. Former Cub Victor Caratini with a two-out, three-run walk-off homer in the bottom of the 10th. And I mentioned earlier, Jordan Alvarez, who I think should be the AL MVP right now, a walk-off solo homer in the bottom of the ninth. Seventh win in a row for Houston. They beat Kansas City 7-6. Detroit swept Cleveland in a doubleheader. The Twins now with a three-and-a-half game lead over the Guardians, the uh, Cleveland Guardians, in the Central Division. Twins are good. They're nine games over 500, 46-37. I did pick them to win the Central at the beginning of the year. The White Sox loss at home against Minnesota leaves them 38-40 and in third place in the Central, five-and-a-half games back. Plenty of time in a bad division to make up ground. But I think the Twins are here to stay. Uh, American League East, the Yankees were off yesterday. They're 58-22 and 22 on the season, a 725 winning percentage. They are going to have home field for the playoffs. Although Houston in the West has won seven straight. They're now 52-27. and 27. Um, Those two divisions, the East and the West in the American League, they're runaways. The Red Sox have clawed their way up to second place uh, in the American League East. Uh, but they're 13 games behind the Yankees. 
Blue Jays are still seven over 500. The Rays are six over 500, but they're way back in the standing. Keep in mind, you got six playoff teams in each league this year. So the division leaders and then three wild cards. The Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rays would all be wild card teams right now. So four teams out of the American League East at this point would be in the playoffs. That's great if you ask me. That is fantastic. Uh, in the West, the Astros' lead over the Mariners is 13 and a half games. The Mariners are two games under 500. The Rangers are another game back. And then uh, my World Series prediction, Los Angeles Angels, who have already fired their manager, they are 37 and 44. Yeah, that did not go well. Uh, you can't take it back. You just make the prediction, you can't take it back. National League East, the Mets beat the Reds yesterday. They moved to 50 and 30 on the season. They have a three-and-a-half game lead over Atlanta. Atlanta beat St. Louis last night 6-3. to three. That uh, They play each other starting Monday, next Monday. Braves-Mets, so keep an eye out for that series. That could be a lot of fun. The Braves have been very, very hot. Uh, they lost one out of three, I think, over the weekend to Cincinnati. But overall, Braves have been hot. Mets just keep winning. And the Mets, by the way, are in Cincinnati again tonight, 640. Max Scherzer takes the mound for New York tonight, coming off a rehab stint in Binghamton, I believe. Uh, Scherzer's 5-1 and one before he went on the shelf, 254 ERA. Nick Lodolo for Cincinnati tonight. He's 1-2 and two with a 552 earned run average. Um, Mets red 640 on Bally Sports Ohio. But the Mets with a three-and-a-half game lead over Atlanta. Philadelphia is eight back. And Miami Marlins, they're two games under 500. But they are creeping up. They've won five straight. I know it was against Washington, so take it with a grain of salt. But the Marlins are pretty good here, 38 and 40. I like their pitching. Alcantara, Pedro Lopez, they got two of the top starters in the National League. NL Central, Milwaukee's 47 and 35 after that win over the Cubs yesterday. The Cardinals lost yesterday, so they're now three games behind Milwaukee uh, in the Central. Both of those teams, though, in line to make the playoffs. They're the only two that have a chance in that division. Pirates, Cubs, Reds, nowhere to be found. The Reds, by the way, now have the back to having the worst record in the National League, 27 and 52. And in the West, I know it's all Dodgers. They won their 50th yesterday. They're 50 and 29. They beat uh, Colorado last night, five to three. Four-and-a-half game lead over San Diego, who's in prime spot for one of the playoff spots. Giants, uh, they have hit the skids. The San Francisco Giants have lost eight of their last ten, five in a row. Uh, lost at Arizona yesterday, eight to three. Giants are 40-38, and 38 and they are going the wrong way. They're nine-and-a-half games out. Diamondbacks and Rockies bring up the bottom of the National League West. Uh, I picked the Dodgers to start the season. I picked them to win the World Series to start the season. I don't believe in the Dodgers right now. I believe more in the Mets, and that's saying a lot. I believe a lot more in the Mets and the Braves here. The whole Freddie Freeman, Freeman debacle from last week, Matt Olson just keeps on hitting. His replacement at first base for the uh, Atlanta Braves, he had a couple more RBIs last night. He just keeps on hitting. Matt Olson is batting 252, 12 homers, 45 runs batted in. He's got a uh, OPS of 816, which is uh, 
on-base percentage plus slugging. 816 is pretty good. Jordan Alvarez, by the way, the Astros, over 1,000 OPS. Unheard of. Unheard of. But the Braves and the Mets, right now, I have more confidence in both of those teams than I have the Los Angeles Dodgers. All right, Houston and the Yankees. I still don't believe in the Yankees. I know that sounds crazy. They're 58 and 22. Uh, you got to have great pitching. And we saw Houston uh, split a four game set in New York last weekend. They should have won all four. They gave up late inning leads. They threw a no hitter against the Yankees. The common belief in baseball is that great pitching will always overcome great hitting. And that's where the Yankees are at a disadvantage. They score a lot of runs on home runs. If you can keep them in the ballpark, you have a good chance to beat them. And Houston keeps them in the ballpark for the most part. And Houston's pitchers have been really, really good. Framber Valdez, Justin Verlander, who found this uh, fountain of youth after Tommy John surgery at, a, at an advanced age. A little surprising how great he's been, but he's been really, really good. The back end of the bullpen with Ryan Presley is fantastic. But uh, Framber Valdez um, has been a, a guy who's been, I guess the word would be uh, surprising, unexpected, great stuff out of Framber Valdez. Uh, I'm trying to look his numbers up real quick. Jose Urquidy's been good. Valdez is 8-3 uh, and three with a 2.67 ERA, a 113 whip. Unbelievably good. Urquidy's been good. The other starter who sort of came out of nowhere was Christian Javier. He's 6-3 and three with a 2.58 ERA. Luis Garcia, 6-5, 3.54. I mean, they've got guys that will shut down great lineups, and that's why right now, if you ask me who I would bet to win the American League, it would be Houston. Yankees got good pitching too now. Garrett Cole's great. Nestor Cortez has been a revelation this year. Tayon's been good. Montgomery's been serviceable. The Clay Holmes back into the bullpen. i tell you who's done uh, is Aroldis Chapman. He's done. He came in over the weekend, his first appearance coming off the injured list. Three batters, three walks. Now they led 10-2 to in this game. And he gave up three walks and three batters, and Aaron Boone had no choice but to come out and get him. This was supposed to be, yeah, it's 10-2, to two, it's the eighth inning, you're back from rehab, we're just going to give you yeah, give you an inning here just to settle in. He couldn't get anybody out. He has no idea where his breaking ball's going, his slider. It's usually going in the dirt well before it gets to the plate. And major league hitters catch up with fastballs. And if they can sit on your fastball, I don't care if it's 105 miles an hour, they're going to hit it. Araldis Chapman, in my opinion, is done. Now, the Yankees are lucky. They got Michael King and they got Clay Holmes at the back end of that bullpen. So they're fine. They don't have to worry about it. But Araldis Chapman is now going to be a middle reliever in blowouts. Never thought I'd see that. No bats tonight. Again, an off night. They'll be back in action tomorrow. Tony Burke joins me in studio tomorrow as I finish out my very short work week. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.
WXVW, Jeffersonville.